with you. I told you that last week was the um, end of vertical Christianity. As you can tell, I didn't know what I was talking about. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to quit telling y'all when it's the end. <laughs> I'm just not going to worry about how many sermons is in a series. And I'm just going to do what the Lord leads me to do. I'm going to tell you now, I came with too much information, which means that I can't preach all this today. So you can expect at least an 11, okay? But like someone told me, we're not bored with it. Okay. And as long as you're not bored with it, I'm not bored preaching it. Amen. If you have your Bibles today, we are just going to, man, I, I don't even know if we're going to get past the introduction, but we're going to read the, uh, the text, which is coming out of Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18. We are reading out of the New Living Translation. If you do not have that translation, you can look up on the screen behind me and, and can follow me as I read. We are Romans chapter 8, verse 18. I am reading it from the New Living Translation, and it reads as such in our hearing. Yeah, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will give us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, everything on earth was subject to God's curse. In fact, all creation anticipate the day when it would join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And even we Christians, although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, but we also groan to be released from pain and suffering. We, my eyes just went bad, we too, Wait anxiously for the day when God will give us our full rights as his children, including new bodies he has promised us. Now that we are saved, we eagerly look forward to this freedom. For if we already have something, you don't need to hope for it. 
But if we look forward to something we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress. For we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how should pray. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. The Father who knows all hearts know what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, believers, in harmony with God's own will. We know. We know. We know. We don't think. We don't hope. We know that God causes everything, all things, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For God knew his people in advance. And he chose them to become his sons and daughters so that his sons and daughters would be the firstborn with many brothers and sisters. <coughs> he gave them right standing with itself and promised them his glory. Amen. Looking and pressing beyond our nowness into our future glory. Looking and pressing beyond whatever is happening now into our future glory. Let us pray. Father, even now. Hide me behind your Shikana glory. And as we scratch the surface of your word, move me out the way. Let it be, Lord, that by the end of the sermon that we see Jesus. Oh, we need to see him. in his glory, in his power, in his excellency. We need to see him. Father, if we could see him, the small stuff wouldn't bother us so much. So today, we are desperately in need to see Jesus. Father, let it be in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, I told you about Karl Marx, a philosopher who was influenced by Emmanuel Kemp. Karl Marx influenced Hitler and 
Hitler took the philosophy of both of these philosophers and came up with a system that led him to believe that, that Germany was the superior race. He believed that life is really about the survival of the fittest. So it did not matter what he did to the Jews. It did not matter how he treated any other human being because Darwinism is what he believed. And because they was the superior race that nothing they did was wrong. So in the camps, they would throw little babies up in the air and use them as target practice. They were seeing tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands in gas chambers and gassed them to death. They would literally send them and, and send them to scientists and doctors and literally would poke out their eyes, trying to change their eyes from brown to blue, use their skin to make clothing and, and lamp covers. I mean, the stuff that they did was demonic to the core. But when you take God out your thinking, When you remove God from the equation, you don't lift humanity. You take humanity to be more like animals than, the, than, than, than to be in the image of God in which we have been made. Well, fact, let me share with you his full quote of what he says. He said, religion is the side of the oppressed. He said, that the heart of a heartless world. He says that, that religion is the soul of the soulless condition. It is the opium, the drug of the people. He said uh, uh, abo uh, abolishing the religion is a uh, it's illusion of happiness. In other words, what he was saying is, we must rid men of this illusion of religion, especially believing in a God, because it keeps them from living reality and seeking the world system to find their happiness. Did you know that God has set eternity in our hearts? That within us, whether we want to admit it or not, we know that there is life after death. That's why every culture on the face of the earth, no matter how primitive they are, they have a thought of an afterlife. They may not have it right, they got it wrong, but they believe in an afterlife. How can that be that you can go into the deepest jungles, you can go into the most primitive people, and they have a spiritual base. They may be worshiping the sun, they may be worshiping the creature, but they believe in a life after death unless Ecclesiastes is right. When you read in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 that he has set 
He has placed eternity in our hearts. You know what? You, when we die, we're going one or two places. You going to heaven or hell? No, no, no. There is no disembodied spirits walking on the earth. If you think you run into one, it's a demon. It's not a disembodied spirit. It's not your uncle. It's not your auntie. It's not. My, my brother and sister, if you don't think that, that there is life after death, I dare you to go ahead and die. And I hope if you take me up on my, on my dare that you know Jesus for yourself. I pray you know Jesus. <laughs> my brother and sister, look, look how Paul in this Roman text begins. It. He says that I reckon that no matter how bad the suffering is on this side, that there is a glory that cannot even be compared to. What he's saying is, is that he said, he said, whoever told you that you won't suffer down here? Whoever told you that that stuff is going to, let me be real, real with you. The moment you get serious with Jesus, the devil gets serious with you. So I, I don't know where we got it from, but we have fell into this Americanized gospel that, that makes us think that when you accept Jesus, he's going to make everything creamy good on this side. Somebody lied to you. They lied to you. Oh, 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 oh. You can listen to those sermons if you want to that make you think that everything is positive. But I tell you what. Get serious about your prayer life. Get, get serious about, about living right. Get serious about reading your word. And watch all hell break loose. So some of y'all think something's wrong because, because you got trouble in your life. It's not that something wrong. It's something right. Some of y'all was doing pretty good before you started serving him. Some of y'all was doing pretty good before you got serious. I say this all the time to folks. It comes with the territory. Your faith is going to be tested. If, if Jesus had to go through, if Jesus had to suffer, wait a minute, why do you think that we're going to be able to share in his glory without sharing in his suffering? The, the secret is, the, the secret is, the secret is is, 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 is to be able to look beyond your nowness. 
to your expectation of what God said he's going to do for you. Because no matter how your noun is, how bad it gets, what God has for you as his child is greater than all the tears you done cried. Oh, you got to cry sometimes. But I'm, I'm telling you now, when we get to heaven, no more crying. We have, just in America, we have so Americanized the gospel that it's not even the gospel anymore. The good news is not about how easy you can have it. The good news is that Jesus saves. He saves to the utmost. Uh, the good news is he's coming back one day. The, the good news is we ought to feel like aliens here. Funny that the rest of the world is saying, Maradatta, which is Greek for come quickly, Lord. You know what Moses said? Lord, don't come yet. Don't, don't, don't come yet. <laughs> you, you, you know why? No, I said, we enjoying it too much. We done camped out. We're, we're partying with them. We act just as. So I said, no, nah, I don't want you to come yet, Lord Jesus. I haven't had my full. You know, you know, you know if, if I want to boil the water, I turn the nozzle on the stove up a little higher. See, at first it's sitting there all still because I got it on low. But if I want that water to begin to make some noise, I turn the heat up under it a whole lot higher. Oh, uh, y'all don't get me yet. You, you know what God does in our lives? Sometimes we get too comfortable. Sometimes we get too quiet. Sometimes we begin to get too easy on him. So God got to turn the fire up just a little bit higher and watch us get serious about some prayer. See, 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 when we can stroll in church anytime we want to and act like people ought to pull us on our back, we, you ain't going through enough. You ain't going through enough. Because when it gets real hot, you beat, you, you beat folks to church just to find a good seat because you say, I need someone to preach to me. I, I, I need... My God, my God, what are we seeking? It really doesn't, it, 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 somehow we have gotten bewitched. Somehow we have gotten sidetracked and, and he's not our number one agenda. The apostles lived on the edge of seeing Jesus come. 
I'm talking about the 12, including Paul. Not talking about Judas, but the rest of them, they was crucified. They was tortured. They was, they was hung. They were beheaded. Hold on. Here they was trying to make them. Trying to make them deny. Trying to make them recount their faith. Here, legend said Peter saw his wife die. They killed his wife in front of him. And Peter said, remember Jesus. And then when they went to crucify him, they said that Peter said, well, I'm not worthy to be died the same way of Jesus. Turn me upside down. Listen, listen, listen. That, I mean, I mean, listen, won't nobody die for a lie. But they saw enough of Jesus after the resurrection that no matter what you did to them, they had their eyes on something else. My, my brother and sister, do you know how we're going to make it through? You set your eyes not on the nowness of your life, but on the future of your life, knowing that, that he don't save you on this side. You got a home on the other side, knowing that this is not, it's not over. It's not over. It's no matter how bad it looks. It's not over. Not till the fat lady says, till Jesus says so. We got to have a perspective that is greater than. That is greater than. Anything this world can tempt you with, can test you with, can beat you with, that, that you have to say, how can I shut up? How can I not tell you what I've been through? How can, you don't understand. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. You, you don't understand. I can't help myself. You don't understand. Church, Jesus got to become more real than anything. See, when you get serious about him, after a while, other stuff don't, 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 don't really mean that much. Matter of fact, you, you say, wait a minute. When I was born, all I had him. When I die, I'm going to have to have him. So if everybody leaves me, it's okay. I got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I got a friend that is faithful to the end. Matthew 6 and 33, Matthew 6. He says, see, there has to be a seeking. Matthew 6 and 33. There has to be a seeking. Constantly. Listen, whether things are going well or whether things are going not so well. 
There has to be a constant sitting on your edge of your seat needing the presence of God. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think that, that God has made us that we people, that are social people, where we need each other. But ultimately, don't you put all your eggs. Yeah. Folks who mean well will let you down. The best of us, we're human. At our best, we would disappoint you. But, but when you make it your life mission, your life mission to seek the Lord, I tell you what, he will show up. I, I tell you what, he will, he will make himself known. I, I tell you what, he will let you know he's real. I, I tell you what, he will show up right on time. I tell you, he'll carry you. He'll meet you. He'll talk to you. He'll let you. He'll let you know that he is your Lord. He is your Savior. He is your Redeemer. He is your Keeper. He is your Mind Regulator. He is your Heart Fixer. He is. He is. He is. He is. He is. The world will think that you are crazy. How can I say this? I'm just going to say it. Don't try to fit in. You don't fit in. We're peculiar people. Folks trying to figure you out, they can't figure you out. Matter of fact, Folks going to think you're a little cuckoo up there. <laughs> you got to understand, they don't know who we know. Eh? They, they haven't experienced who we know. They haven't tasted and seen that the Lord is good. So, so they don't understand why you act the way you act. They don't understand why you say, wait a minute, I can't work double time. I got I to gotta go to church on Sunday. I need me some church. <laughs> Matter of fact, there's somebody sitting here right now thinking, what's wrong with these folks? They're crazy. Yeah, we crazy. We, we stone crazy. We have, we have seen Jesus, and, and he'll make everything all right. Acts, Acts 26, 24. Paul is under the arrest, and he has this chance to defend himself because he's been arrested for preaching the gospel. He is, he is preaching to Festus, and Festus, who is the governor, is listening to him. And Festus says with a loud voice, he shouts it out. He can't take it. Hold on, hold on, let me stay there. Let me camp out there for a moment. He can't take it. Paul's preaching, and it's getting up under his skin. If he could run out the room, he would, but it's his room. Paul's preaching, 
and, and Paul is telling him how awesome Jesus is. And Festus don't know what to do, so he said, said Paul, you mad. You crazy. Too much learning, Paul. You done lost your mind. Don't you know that folks sometimes going to think you crazy getting up early on Sunday to come here, listen to some singing and some preaching? They don't understand why you do what you do. Folks going to think you crazy. Matter of fact, let's be honest about it. Sometimes you think you crazy. Sometimes you don't understand why you do what you do. I mean, come on now. Loving your enemies? Being nice to folks who treat you bad, forgiving folks who don't even ask for forgiveness. You keep on being nice to folks who don't even deserve your niceness. You must be crazy or something else is happening. I mean, day after day, saying good morning, to somebody who can't stand your guts. They, they have the nerve to cuss you out. And they don't know you used to cuss like a sailor. And you go back and say, I'm going to reach back and get some of that. And you go to do it at What's wrong with you? You having a stroke? <laughs> we got a dual personality. There's the new me. There's the old me. The old me talks about what it's not going to do. Some of y'all wife mad at your husband. Say, I ain't going to do nothing else for and you iron that shirt and cook it in mail while you saying what you ain't gonna do. What's wrong with you? Hold on. Have you ever got mad at yourself for doing the right thing? You tell me, I must be a fool. I, I must be. I just let them walk all over me. In my day, nobody would have. But now that Jesus got a hold of me. It's not just the world thing. Sometimes, if I didn't know any better, I done lost my mind. Why? Because, because I can't do what I used to do. I can't pay you back the way I used to be able to pay you back. And, and folks look at you and wondering why you ain't acting like them. Matter of fact, you wondering what happened to me? When did I get so soft? It's not that you soft. It's that the Holy Ghost 
got a hold of you now, and it won't let you. You Christ property. He got you. And no matter what you go through down here, you got a hope that enables you to take what you said you wouldn't take, to put up with what you said you wouldn't put up. The one thing they can't take from you, they can talk about you and call you everything but a child of God. They can mistreat you, but I refuse for them to steal my joy and my peace. It took me too long. Reach back and remember how Jack... I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. Let me finish it. I got problems. But you got problems. I fight within myself. I don't even understand myself. Sometimes I'm like, what's wrong with my own nature? Is fighting with my new nature. I believe if some of us sat on a on a on a psychologist's couch, they would say, you got a split personality. They were writing their notes. This child is seriously sick. But what they don't know is not that I'm seriously sick emotionally. I just been born again. The new me don't want to act like the old me. And the old me don't want to be the new me. So um, I got issues. I'm looking at a whole room of folks that got issues. I got problems. You got problems. But it's good problems because I'm becoming what God has called me to be. And sometimes he turns up the fire. That's what it is. You've been diagnosed. You've been diagnosed. Let me give you your prescription. His name is Jesus. Take him in the morning. Take him in the noonday. Take him at midnight. His name is Jesus. Anybody else need a prescription? Let me write it out for you. Y'all better leave me alone. We got to be, we got to be on the, on the essence of, uh, of thirstiness for God. To the place nothing else can quite satisfy your thirst. 
we got to make sure that we don't mistake what's in his hands for having his hands. It's not just the blessing of Christ I need. I need Christ himself. You know, you know, you know, just spending a little time with Jesus makes everything. He don't even fix the problem, but he fixed me in the midst of Some of you have been going through a whole lot for a long time. And the only way you have made it is that you found Jesus to be a mind regulator. You found him to be a heart fixer. Matter of fact, he'll carry you when you need to be carried. We cannot allow our nowness to become greater than our expectation. Let the world think you mad. Why you think you come to church? That you can see other folks that act like they mad. Matter of fact, you can look at some folks, they crazier than I am. You go keep on praising the Lord. You fit right in place. Here a bird is laying on the floor. And some of y'all, if you didn't care like he cared, you would have got right next to it. Boom. You know you wanted to. You know you wanted to. But you was worried about what people going to think about you. Who cares what people think about you? They didn't save you. They didn't die for you. They didn't get up for you. He'll do anything for the, for the water. Psalms 42, 1 and 2. There has to be a thirst that is created. One of the things that happens on Sunday morning is that our experience with God on that Sunday, where there's a supernatural fingerprint of God in the house, It gets us in touch with our spiritual side and let us know that our God is real. Walk in here ready to, 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 to give up. Walk out ready to run on a little bit longer. There's something that happens in the corporate worship center when the presence of God is there that you can't really put your finger on it. Can't, 
can't really describe it with words. All you know is that your soul been set on fire. And it creates a deeper thirst for your God because you know he's even greater than that. <laughs> I got a question. Is there anybody hungry for God? Is there, is there anybody thirsty for God? Is there anybody that want more of him? Is there anybody willing to? Listen, listen, let me just say this. The higher you go, the more trouble you're going to encounter. Well, the devil's trying to stop you. God's trying to break you. And the more you say, I'm going to praise him anyhow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, I, the more opposition is going to come down the pipe with your name on it. But don't let nobody stop you from chasing your God. In order to do that, you got to be able to look through, look through the opposition, look through the tears, look through the pain, look through the difficulty, look through the rip heart, look through and say, what is now will not always be. The devil is a liar. And I will come and appear before him. And I want to be like Peter. Go. You got to understand, this is temporary. My eyes is on the eternal. I tell you what, if you are not in your spirit saying, come, Lord Jesus, your fire ain't hot enough. I tell you what, go through enough pain. Go through enough suffering. Suffer enough losses. After a while, you begin to say, this ain't my home. I'm just passing through. I've learned to use things, but I don't love things. You got to understand, I don't feel quite at Oh, you too, huh? You too, huh? You too. There's something in me that cries out for more of God, and it is the strongest desire in my spirit. And part of me is kind of like, I want to go home to be with Jesus, but it's more necessary right now to be here with. Folks think you crazy if you talk like that. Matter of fact, you think you crazy. Preacher, what you trying to say? You want to die? No, I want to go home with Jesus. And that means if he comes back tomorrow, come, Lord Jesus. That is the place where the Christian in the first church lived at because the persecution in their life was so tough. That's where the Christians in China, India, 
in the Arab worlds. That's where they live because they are dying for the faith. The only place where the gospel is preached that they promise you God going to give you a house with a picket fence around it is in America. And the Christians who are going through persecution are praying for us because they say we are babies in the faith. Because we haven't had to exercise much faith. You know, all God wants is for us to desire him. He wants us to understand that he loved us first. And if you ever get a glimpse, a taste of the love of Jesus, I tell you, he'll love you like you've never been loved before. I tell you, he'll blow your mind, your spirit would say, hallelujah, I know I'm a child. Uh, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me go on. Let me, let me go on so we can get out of here. You know, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29. God says this to Israel while they were encamped by Babylon. He says them not on top of the mountain, but in their valley. And he says to them, I have a future for you. Yes, sir. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> listen, listen. God, God, God speaks that to you when you can't, when you can't feel it. You don't see it. You can't smell it. You don't understand it. And what he is saying is the nowness of your life is not the sum total of what I have for your life. And somehow we got to catch hold of not what you're going through, not what you feel like, but what the spirit and the word is saying to you. In spite of your circumstance, just because you're going through don't mean that's you. Tell me, y'all, I, I, I got to explain. Your situation does not determine who you are. What determines who you are is your relationship with Jesus. You may not have two nickels to rub together in your pocket. But since your daddy's rich, you are rich. Like, I didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. Since your heavenly father is rich, you can claim I'm rich. And they would say, well, where is it? It's in my father's bank. Well, who's your father? His name is Jehovah. His name is Adonai. His, his name, his name, his name, his name is Alpha and Omega. 
His name is God, and I know him for myself. There has to be where we are able to face our nowness and still have joy for tomorrow. Because if you allow what's happening now to determine how high you fly, then a lot of us are grounded. My God, my God, my God, you are more than what it appears. My God, my God, my God, you're not going to get the total sum total of what he has for you till you get to heaven. My God, you got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that abides in you. Brother Mitchell, while you were singing, somebody said, He's shy. I take courage. I said, no, it takes the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost gives you boldness. You don't care what nobody got to say. If you know he been good to you, you can get up here and start singing. Doesn't matter if it's one or, or, or one million. You tell the world he's good to me. I'm trying to quit, y'all. I can't finish this. Jesus amazes me. Jesus amazes me. He comes out of the garden of that sin of me. And he knows that his enemies are approaching and the time of his suffering is at hand. But in John chapter 17, where he says this prayer. He says in 17.1, he said, Father, glorify me with the glory I once shared with you. I mean, I mean, hold on, wait a minute, Jesus. You haven't been to the cross yet. The cross is before you, and you're standing there talking about not the cross, but you're standing there talking about the glory after the cross. Hold on, hold on, hold on. After his struggle in Gethsemane, you don't hear him talking about the agony of the cross anymore. What you hear him talking about, the glory that will come after he go through the cross. Uh, Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. (laughs) There come a time when you have said everything you need to say. There come a time when you have complained all that you can complain. There come a time when the glory start rising up on the inside. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not afterwards. But during your situation, still in your situation, still in your valley, still in your trouble, nothing has changed. 
but something on the inside of you rises up and you find yourself thanking God and praising him as though he has already brought you out. You don't see nothing. You don't feel nothing. But on the inside, something has changed. When that happened, don't go back to the suffering talking about it. Keep on saying, the glory is here. The glory, I don't know when it's going to be manifest, but Lord, thank you. He stands there. As though it has all, like it's already done. Hebrews help us with this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 helps us with this. He says that, that he is the author and finisher of our faith who endured the suffering for the joy that was set. Huh? Huh? You know what God would do? He would dangle in front of you where he's taking you so that you can catch up and endure what you're going through. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're down in the valley, but he shows you where he's taking you. Matter of fact, don't keep it right out of his reach to get you chasing where he's taking you. Folks think you crazy because they don't see nothing. But it's not meant for them to see. God showed it to you. And it's your responsibility to keep your eyes on where he's taking you. You're crying. You're hurting. Your heart is broken. But God is up to something. And he was set before you what he's going to do through yes, you, sir. with you, yes, sir. for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Do you see it? 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 Yes, He's not finished yet. He's not finished yet. Do not allow the temptation that's going to come in the valley to forfeit the glory. Don't settle for less than God's blessing. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to go there. Some of us now are suffering because we bit into something that we were supposed to pass by. It wasn't from God. I mean, Satan would make it look good. He'll, he'll, he'll make it sound good. 
He even, he even make it smell good. He'll, he'll make it, he make it, he make it just the way you like it. He'll open up more than door, one door of opportunity. He's trying to impede you from you getting where God wants you. And sometimes when we when we walk into what the devil wants us, then you sitting there. Now you wish you wouldn't have opened that door. Don't raise your hand. Don't, don't raise your hand. But since now you stuck with it, you got to make the best. Hold on, hold on. Then God, then God would do something. God will allow that which he has for you to pass right by you. Okay. Okay, let me. <laughs> and the only thing you can do is look. And you thank it to yourself. That, that should have been, that would have been mine. I know y'all want me to stop. I know y'all. The truth will set you free. So what I do, preacher, if that's the case, just pray for grace and mercy to keep you. I mean, Lord, have mercy. How many been there? How, how many been there? 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 The secret is to learn from the mistakes we made and don't make them no more. Don't fall for Satan's trick no more. That you can't get me with that no more. Got that. I got the scars to show it. Listen. 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 I mean, my God. I'm so glad God is up to something. I'm so glad he got us. I'm so glad sometimes I'm crazy. Second Corinthians chapter 5 says that the love of Christ constraineth and compelleth. Listen, some translation says it's, it, it, it constrains. Some translation says it compels. But which one? Both. Both. That's what makes us crazy. I mean, the stuff you would do. The closer you get to Jesus, you can't do. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen, listen, listen. Let's, 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 let's analyze this. It's not that the old self don't want to do it. Is that the new self constraineth you? Yeah. 
When you go to make plans to do it, before you can step into it, he'll knock you down on your knees. I mean, folks are saying, what happened to you? I just couldn't do it. I thought you was going to show up. I thought I was too. What's wrong with you? I just don't feel good today. You go, you go, you go, you go, you go to tell a joke, and the joke is done. You go, go to cuss somebody out, and instead of cussing, you find yourself hugging them. And they stand and say, what's, what's wrong with you? My God, ain't you glad? He won't let you do what you would do. Aren't you glad there's been a change? Aren't you glad you got a problem that your new self contradicts your old self? And when you look at yourself, you can't even figure yourself out to how you expect somebody else who don't even know your God to figure you out. I can't explain why I do some of the things I do. All I know is I'm moved by the Holy Ghost and I find myself doing what I said I wouldn't do. Blessing folks who don't even appreciate the blessing. But it's not about folks. It's about you and Jesus. He's making you act more like Jesus. It's Jesus on the inside acting like Jesus. Sometimes it makes you feel like you're being used. But wait a minute. Didn't they use Jesus? And he blessed them anyway. So won't God use you to be used to bless somebody else. Said you wouldn't take it no more. And you go back for more. What? Wrong with me. Being pushed and pulled. Pushed and pulled. Sometimes at the same time, what's wrong with me? I'm being constrained by the love, by the love, by the love, by the love of Jesus. Paul says, I pray for you Ephesians, that you come to know the height, the depth, the width, the deepness of this love that Christ loves you with, even though it's beyond all comprehension. You can't put your mind around it. It will blow your mind. But I pray that this love 
will wrap itself around you. You get wrapped up, tangled up, messed up, waxed up in the love of Jesus. It will make you think you done lost your mind sometimes. There's something about Jesus that makes everything all right. Don't even understand myself sometimes. I think I'm crazy, but I am. I'm crazy in love with Jesus. Oh, he loves you. Oh, he loves you. Oh, somebody need to get wrapped up, messed up, running around with somebody that don't even love you. Let the loser go. Get turned on to Jesus, and he'll show you you don't need nobody but Jesus. Nobody, nobody can do you like Jesus. I mean, your spirit, not your flesh, your spirit is in need of your God. When your spirit is satisfied, all of you is satisfied. When your spirit is not satisfied, none of you is satisfied. What'd you say? Huh? Huh? You talk like a man that been there. You talk like a man that tried everything and nothing satisfied you. You talk like a man that was all messed up. But you're standing in a room with people that was all messed up. It's like a dog chasing his tail. When he catch it, he's sorry he caught it. Is there anybody know what I'm talking about? But when you got Jesus, he makes everything. Chasing the wrong thing. Looking in the wrong places. And he was there. He never left me, I left him. He was there all the time. Chasing everything else. And he was standing there. waiting for us to come to our senses. <laughs> You're right, walking around with our eyes wide shut. <laughs> My God. I don't know where you are today. But if I was you, I would not miss Jesus. 
You're trying everything else. And you're missing him. Notice what I didn't say. I didn't say religion. I said Jesus. Because when you know him, it doesn't matter what folks have to say about you. Listen, folks gonna talk if you do or if you don't. Let them talk. But you come get yours and you do it for yourself. And those that don't understand, then they don't understand. But don't go back where they are Make them come where you are at. You show them the joy. You show them the peace. You show them the reality of, of your faith. That you have an expectation. And a future glory. And it's worth the cost. As we stand. As we stand, as we stand, ministers are here. If you want to get back into the church because you've been out of church, if you don't know Jesus, then you need to come. I don't know nobody that can love you like him. There's power in the name of Jesus. If you're here today, Come on, join the family. Allow him to do in you what only Jesus can do.